Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. What's up? Hello. Uh, We are in for a very quick moving episode this week because, hot damn, (laughs) this episode and the next one are kind of the mid-season finale duo, even though they aired separately. Hold on. I was going to say they always kind of really deliver on those episodes, mm-hmm. but this time for sure, like it was a, it, it was a good a build up with this one in the, the second part of the mid season finale, I guess. Yeah. Just a lot happens like in the first like 10 minutes of this episode, like so many people die. Like they just like build up all these characters, like for the first half of the season and they're just like, mm, bye. <laughs> it's like, Okay. That's cool. Um, Before we get started, we are a part of the But Why Though podcast community, so be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and their website at ButWhyThoughPodcast.com. We're super proud to be part of their community. This is Season 3, Episode 9, titled Closure, Um, which I feel like next episode should have been titled closure maybe but whatever we could discuss that maybe more next episode in the after yeah discussion portion but i completely agree like actually i like that's a thought that i had i think even before like halfway halfway through the next episode i was like wait yeah (laughs) i felt the same way and like at the very end of this episode i was like why was this episode titled that like it should have been titled something else i don't know um but ward does and ward and malik do talk a lot about closure in this episode So I guess it's fine. (laughs) Um, It was written by Brent Fletcher and directed by Kate Woods, who I believe is a new name on the roster. I don't think I've seen her before. And then uh, originally aired December 1st, 2015. We are coming up to the dreaded year of 2016 very quickly. (laughs) I mean, Uh, real life, Nazi metaphors and Captain America. It was just, it was rough. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and it's continued to be rough since, so great. Um, all right. So this episode starts out that Colson and Rosalind are having date night at Hurt House. They're having wine and burgers and fries and, um, they're, you know, going back and forth and Colson has this dad moment, um, where he doesn't know what Tinder is. Cause, uh, Rosalind makes a, a comment about how like, oh, I would have sw- a a smart girl would have swiped left by now or right or whatever. I clearly don't know anything about Tinder either. (laughs) We're both, unfortunately, (laughs) I'm like, just I got into a relationship like just when Tinder came out. So I didn't really haven't, I haven't used it. So I I actually, I mean, I have had a a couple of relationships that have kept me out of it during the prime of it. But for the most part, I feel like, I don't know, like I could be, using it but and, and, and a different point could have but like literally when i most recently became in like before i even had a chance to consider it a mutual friend of ours who has recently been using that, that sort of stuff was like don't like i just deleted all mine yeah. <laughs> like like it's it's a hellscape so so not only is all of my information secondhand information but i don't really get the impression it's that great i highly recommend for anyone who either wants to commiserate who has to go through that or who just doesn't have any interest in it and like like doesn't know about it but might like um, m- m- might think it would be uh, funny to hear about uh 
and just it's a great podcast in general but why won't you date me uh with <laughs> nicole byer who does uh she's the host of nailed it on netflix and has been in a bunch of stuff like she's really really funny comedian uh she talks about her struggles trying to find someone on dating apps and the best part is the, the the premise has evolved to just having different comedians and friends and smart people talk about their dating lives whether it's past tense or present or whatever and and her to talk about her current situation but the initial like maybe 20 or so episodes were all men she'd either dated or slept with and <laughs> she confronts them by the end of the episode with why won't you date me wait she has them on as guests yes oh and, my god and, and some of them don't know i mean they know what they're gonna talk about it, but they don't know if she's gonna put them on the spot that's the best like when they're like actual friends of hers like other comedians or whatever and she's like so i just wanted to tell you like why won't you date me? Like, like two, two thirds of the way through. It's amazing. It's oh so good. God. And like, she's, she ran out of people. She's willing to have <laughs> on. Like finally the last one before she just started to have other acquaintances on was this is my, this is maybe my favorite digression we've ever had on this show. Cause it's so, so non sequitur, but it's really like anyone would enjoy this, but she had a guy on who's not, in the entertainment industry, not a comedian has no interesting perspective other than they went out on a couple dates when she lived in New York. <laughs> it's just <laughs> to confront him. <laughs> but he was willing to do it. Like after everything, you know, like she's not going to entrap anybody. She's not going to force anyone. Like be like, well, you already agreed to come on and I tricked you. So I'm going to release it anyway. Like she's cool to yeah. them and they're all willing to share it with the public. So, <laughs> but wow. I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> that is a brave, bold move on her part. Oh, um, she's so like she bears her soul like on that show. It's it is it's really I would funny. Be, I would be afraid to date her because obviously, like she talks about it publicly. No, like, it, maybe that's she, why I won't date her. <laughs> no, she does. And and she won't do it as much like while it's happening. Oh, just if it ends. Usually. Yeah, but yeah. but she does a little bit. Like the best. <laughs> she went with one dude who she like had a nice like fling with uh to the Burbank airport because it has one of the Guy Fieri restaurants. <laughs> and they like they like dressed as Guy Fieri. <laughs> like it was all like, <laughs> like they bought tickets to get into the airport just like to some place just to go to the Guy Fieri restaurant as a joke. Like so she's very funny and and like that dude was clearly on the same page as her sense yeah. of humor wise. So that was that was the only time I can think of something where she told uh talked about it while it was happening and it was positive in general. Yeah. Like like it was like where well, I'm having a good time with this dude. So when she has been doing it in the present, it hasn't been too embarrassing, although maybe that would mortify you to have that shared <laughs> with the with the world. <laughs> Wow. the off chance someone thought you were earnestly super into <laughs> guy fear yeah not, not, as a, not as a joke but uh so that that is my weird uh recommendation and super unnecessary non sequitur as we get started <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i need to listen to that now because i love like dating i haven't you know i've been in a relationship for like eight years so it's i don't and all my friends are married and shit, so I don't get to hear any of those like juicy dating stories anymore, really. So I need to listen to something like that. <laughs> I, th I think you, I think you'd enjoy it. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to download it. Um, all right, where are we? We like Tinder. Oh, Tinder. <laughs> so, Coulson doesn't know what Tinder is, and I forget what Rosalind calls him. She calls him some name, or and he's like, "Look, I run like a super top secret high tech spy organization. Like I'm up on the tech, just not." 
like social media. <laughs> she doesn't call him grandpa, but it's something like that. Yeah, I can't. I didn't write it down, and I can't remember what she said. But um, they start discussing Malik and like how they're going to figure out what he's been doing. And basically, they did some research on him, and he's had his hand in every government agency possible um, as like a private contractor of some sort. So that kind of explains like our earlier discussion and the last two episodes, I believe, about like why wasn't he outed as Hydra with everybody else type of thing, like with Pierce and everybody. So he's he's just everywhere. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> um, and um, Rosalind has decided that she's going to go back to the ATCU to figure out what Malik is up to. And Coulson doesn't think this is a good idea. She's like, look, I'll just go in there. Like, it's just another day at work. It'll be fine. And I'll just, you know, I already have a meeting set up with him and I'll just ask him what's going on. And just another, just another day. And as they're having this conversation, a bullet shoots through the glass of the window and hits Rosalind in the throat and she dies. <laughs> and guess who shot the gun? Oh, yes, it's Ward. Of course, it's Ward because he has to cause as much pain to Coulson as possible. Wow. Totally forgot that this happens like this early on in this episode. I thought it was something that was like dramatic. I mean, this is dramatic, but I thought this was something that happened like at the end of an episode. But holy shit. Yeah. Or maybe like even I just we're we're always uh, no matter how sure we are of the storyline, we're not super good on the pacing of this show. No, even we, even when we have a pretty good idea, we don't know all the details. And I wasn't sure when this happened this season. I knew she didn't make it like in the next season. Yeah, but I didn't. You know, we don't want to spoil ourselves too much during these rewatches, so like we don't, we don't look, go looking for those details. And I I I was genuinely surprised. I was not expecting it in the first five seconds of this episode. Yeah. I, for and a second, I thought this was like a dream sequence or something that Coulson... Yeah, or foreshadowing. A nightmare sequence that Coulson was having or something. And then I was like, oh shit, this is really when she dies? Like, holy fuck. Wow. That's crazy. No, and in, we don't... I mean, we've had... Before the subject of Rosalind, we probably had about three different fridging episodes, <laughs> we mm -hmm. could say, uh, of our show talking about it. Uh, and... We've already talked about it about Rosalind at least twice, I think. So yeah. I, I definitely don't need to talk about it probably at all much this episode, but but definitely not right this second. But we goes without mentioning that that's I don't know, like like th that it, it always hits hard because yeah. it's emotionally manipulative. Even it, when it's done, it's the least objectionable, least problematic way. It's still just raw and messed up, and like is in most cases violence against women it's not mm -hmm. cool and it's uh it it's it, it's an effective but i think lazy in a lot of ways way to make ward more hateable you know yeah. and i mean and, this this totally was done to motivate colson to like be crazy and emotional which it worked but yeah like, because come on, he, like it's, it's a revenge motiv motivator and yeah. it's absolutely efficient but like I don't know, man. It just sucked. It really sucked. Yeah, it does. And she's such a good character. Like, I really like her character. She's a really great, like, I don't, she's not a foil, but she's a good, like, partner to Coulson in, like, their banter and just, like, how they run their organizations. And, like, we get finally get this, like, woman who is like at the top of the food chain essentially in her organization and she's like on the same page as Coulson like we haven't really had that since um 
what's her name within shield who also victoria hand yeah since victoria hand we haven't had that since then who thankfully even though she did <laughs> even though she is killed off it's not it, it, it is used to motivate other characters but i don't think it's quite the same you know it's not the same way yeah but she's but also killed by ward <laughs> but she's also killed by ward and she's you know a character who uh is, you know is one of the few uh, lgbtq characters on the show mm -hmm. and it's like it just it just sucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, it just, and, and it did. It absolutely reminded me of Victoria Hand's loss and and our loss of, of the opportunity to have those characters on this show. You know, it's yeah. like is there's there is no dearth. There is no like absence of uh, of strong women characters across the board of, of every type of definition of, of mm -hmm. a strong woman character on this show. It's one of its strengths. And I think it's all due uh, to Mo for sure. But at the same time, it's like, it's just hard. I think maybe that's, it did, it, it's not an excuse, but I feel like maybe that's why we judge it as harshly as we do in these moments because they, they had, they set a high standard, you know, they and, did, yeah. and they've shown us that they're not, they don't have to fall into the stupid tropes all the time. And like every other show does. And yeah. so that's like when shows like this or Battlestar or whatever, don't live up to, the stuff they've already promised us and they've already shown us they don't live up to their full potential it's more disappointing than if it's like i don't know an episode of gotham it doesn't live up to <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um i definitely agree because it's like they've shown that how well they can write female characters and like how well they can write story that's compelling emotionally without killing people off and without fridging them essentially. And here they just, it, they do it anyway. Like it, it just shows that there's really is no such thing as a perfect piece of media. Like as, as much as agents of shield does well, like it's still part of this, you know, patriarchy white supremacist system that, you know, falls into these traps sometimes. And that's fine. We can still love it, but we still need to call it out when stuff like this happens because it's not okay. Like I, it was funny. This is my, the last part of my digression on this subject. Um, I was um, partaking in substances the other night and I decided to go back and look through some of my old tweets for some reason. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else does this. They're like, Oh, I want to see what I said like three months ago. And I had this tweet that was like, and I can't remember what the context is, of this was, but I feel like it had something to do with like something that was going on in the news at the time. Um, and it was um, the reason it's bad to portray violence against women in media is because eventually like we become like desensitized to it and it becomes okay to make laws that essentially are violent against women because it's, we see it everywhere. Like until we live in a society where that's not an issue and that's not like a major problem within even just like romantic relationships and domestic violence, but you know, on a, on a national scale where women's rights aren't trying to be taken away by our government. Like we need to stay away from that portrayal in media because it's just normalizing it. And it's something we need to, I feel like Marvel and Disney especially needs to take a strong stance on that. <laughs> and they have not always done that, especially Marvel. <laughs> so, well, Star Wars too. Yeah. Well, and, and even, <laughs> Like it's not done the same, but when you think about every major Disney franchise, like like 
like actual Disney and all their fairy tale mm-hmm. stories and cartoons, like the 90% mother death rate. Oh, yeah. Like several of which are on screen. Yeah. I don't maybe. know. <laughs> like, man, <laughs> like, maybe, yeah, maybe it's just all of Disney. <laughs> like I maybe think it is. Maybe Pixar, Pixar <laughs> doesn't kill all the moms. I'm trying to think <laughs> if there's a mom killing something in Pixar. I feel like yeah, the the only one. The, the, there's two fridgings that come up in the mind, and I, I'm I, I don't want to badmouth Pixar because these are both great great movies. One of one of which is like my favorite, but Up. And and uh, and Finding Nemo both get a lot of pathos out of a dead mother figure yeah. or spouse. Yeah, I guess Moana kind of too. And I don't know if yeah. Moana is technically Pixar because the grandmother dies. Oh, no, no, Moana, no, Moana's not Pixar, right? It's, it's I think it's just a, Disney, right? She's a Disney princess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. Same. <laughs> At this point, yeah. Because yeah, Merit is both, right? Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. I get confused. Yeah, so why isn't Leia allowed in? Leia. <laughs> <sighs> anyway i guess daisy yeah. <laughs> is back she's an inhuman she's the, princess yeah i was just gonna say that yep princess of the inhumans queen of the inhumans whatever um but yeah so fridging is bad don't do it anymore rosalind was fridged it sucks but it is extremely painful and shocking in this moment which i feel like they did this for shock factor which also bothers me because i feel like a lot of violence against women on tv is done for shock factor when it's like guys this isn't shocking this happens every day <laughs> like to real women but whatever game of thrones <clears throat> um <laughs> so Colson is just like sitting here in shock, like holding Rosalind in his arms as she's bleeding out. And Ward calls him and is like, hey, he's like gloating. He's like, oh, you know, I just wanted you to know what it felt like. And at the very end of the call, he's like, yeah, this is personal. This isn't about work, which is a very big turn from season one. Remember the it's not personal between him and Mike. Um, Deathlock Mike is just like, okay, now he's finally accepted that this is like personal revenge. So maybe this is why this is titled closure. I don't know. Again, no, that's a good, that's a good call. That might make sense on some level. Still yeah. maybe not as good, but <laughs> it could have been a different title anyway. Um, so Ward has sent men after Colson to kill him or so we think. And so Colson, I, I feel like sometimes we forget cause Colson's always, you know, he's like the dad. He's always, he has his dad humor. He's always dressed up in a suit, but we forget that he's like a very capable agent and he handles all of these guys that Ward sent after him just fine. And he's like very, like he has good ingenuity and like, um, resourcefulness like he takes like a can of air freshener and like puts it on top of some candles and lets it explode as a distraction which i was like oh that's that's cool and then um he uh he had texted um shield saying that he needed extraction like during his conversation with ward and so he jumps out the window and mac is there um for extraction he's like and mac asks what about miss price and let's just go and it's really sad. <laughs> um, and then the next scene is Coulson walking into the base and everybody's looking at him and they know what's happened and he's covered in blood. 
and he walks up to his office and we see like each, you know, person on the team kind of like have their moment of like looking at him and starting kind of reacting and Daisy wants to go after him and May is like, no, just let him go. And he goes into his office and he takes his shirt off and the matches from the bar that they went to on their first date fall out of his pocket and he picks them up and then we hear him just like destroying his office, just like throwing things and you know, everybody can, everybody's downstairs just listening. And it's, it's so heartbreaking. Like, can't you cause Colson pain without killing off a woman? Like, come on. Those are the people that he cares about, but it does suck. It's like, no one gets to be happy this season. Like May doesn't get to be happy. Colson doesn't get to be happy. The only person who gets a <laughs> glimpse of happiness, it feels like is stupid Lincoln. That's what I was going to say. God damn it. <laughs> We're, a lot of the times we just have the exact same opinion on the show. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like we do offer different perspectives for sure. <laughs> but but our don't hatred need... for Lincoln is is pure and bright and we're on the well, same so, page. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we, we like all the all the characters except for the ones we're supposed to not like, like Ward and then also maybe Lincoln, which I can't tell if we're supposed to not like or not. <laughs> like we both hate him so much, but I feel like that's the one time it's not intentional. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um now Colson is out for blood and he wants to go he he wants to go for Ward. And so he wants to start at the beginning. And so he takes everybody that was on the original team on the bus and interviews them. And he's like, I'm going to ask you questions when, and it's going to get uncomfortable. And so the first question he asks May is, did you guys talk about anything while you guys were sleeping together? And May is like, wow, uh, we didn't do much talking. <laughs> um, and it kind of, we kind of go through every team member and like Fitz talks about how he was like a brother but he realizes Ward was just using him to like fill some void um Gemma Coulson asks if Gemma had a crush on Ward after he jumped out of a plane and she admits that she did which, which is like we've dude yeah <laughs> I, I do like though that she admits it pretty freely I feel like if there's one thing that Gemma has uh, at her advantage right now, just in addition to her like regular situation and being like really smart, you know, and observant, mm -hmm. compassionate, like she's, she's a lot of like, great qualities, but I feel like in a situation where she's very traumatized and raw and like not had a lot of time to adjust, she's very aware of herself yeah. like, because of the way Fitz has reacted and the way everything has gone down. And her and her, her own strength of character and like survival skills, like like everything, like and not like physical sur survival, but like emotional survival skills. Like like she has to be honest with herself and open with herself right now, because if she like tries to put on any bullshit, she's gonna fall apart. You know, she can't. Yeah. She's got to be very aware of how she feels about Will and Fitz and everything going on. And I feel like that allows for a lot of clarity in this moment that she might not otherwise be so quick to want to admit out yeah. loud you know i don't i don't yeah. know well she even like kind of waffled a little bit at the beginning like when he first asked her and then the next scene she's like okay yeah like he jumped out of a plane for me of course like i thought he was attractive and i was attracted to him but she she, she immediately is like yeah but i knew that he didn't have eyes for me like he was in love with someone else you know and, and but the fact that the way uh the, the way colson asks her immediately afterward like do you think any of that was like a two-way street or whatever, a mutual. Ugh. Like, the whole point of him asking that, like, 
the tone and quickness with which he said it, it's like he's becoming so ruthless. All he wants, he's not trying to find Colson for justice or whatever, or and Colson find Ward for justice. He's trying to figure out his weakness right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, he's like, like, what can I exploit? You know, I'm like, clearly he's not gonna hurt Daisy or Gemma if there was something you know going on. But at the same time, he. He just wants to know however he can press his buttons. Like he wants to know he he wants the full array of weaknesses. Mm-hmm. It's it's a different side of Colson, this revenge crazy side. Like I don't think we've ever really seen it. I think we've seen glimpses of it, but this is very extreme. Yeah. Like 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 the protectiveness of Daisy we've seen before. Like there's been like even all that stuff, she is a little bit more like justice. Mm-hmm. But no, I think you're probably right. Like we've seen hints at it, but this is just like the full, yeah, because this fledged. Is, it's more personal now because of Rosalind. Um, and so he interviews Daisy, and she tries to comfort him, and she like puts his hand on him, and he just immediately gets down to business, and he's like, asks like this really like you know how you know how did you know that he was falling for you, and how did you know it was real? And she's like, no, it felt real, and she says this thing about how like. She understands him, um, but she'll never forgive him. And um, Colson's like, well, now I need you to explain to me how you fell for him, which, oh, that just gave me the creeps when he said that. But it's true. Like, Daisy did have feelings for him at some point. And, and it is, like, I think that is another example of his harshness. Like, like, usually he would be asking this in a much kinder way, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's not judgment. Like, he's not saying it to be a dick. He's just saying it very coldly and factually, just like he wants to get get to it as quick as possible yeah um i feel like there's a little judgment there just because the look on her face when he asks that is just like "Mm, okay (laughs) um you're probably right i i I almost wonder if it's just a side effect from how just he is how angry he is at general ward but you're probably right that it's inescapable because he's so mad at ward like to not be judgmental and just the fact that the people he's closest to left that are left in the world have both kind of been with Ward. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, man, you're so, so good at messing with people. Fuck, I didn't even think about that, but it's true. I mean, Daisy was never like physically with him, but, but, they she, had... but she loved him. Yeah. Like, or thought she did. Yeah. And May never loved him at all or had any real emotional attachment, but she literally yeah. didn't do much out. talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. God. Why'd you just put that image in my mind? So gross. Um, Anyway, and so Coulson's like, you sound like you understand him. You sound like you're giving him a pass. And she's like, no, I'll never forgive him. Like, he killed Koenig. He's, you know, he's killed so many people that I care about. And there's, like, there's no way. Like, he has to answer for that. And she realized, um, I forget when she realized this, but she's like, the reason Ward kills isn't because he feels nothing. It's because he feels too much, which that is a very interesting assessment of him, which we'll have to come back to in probably the next episode. I'm not sure. Um, But damn. (laughs) Um, Meanwhile, Banks is being brought in to help because he's also angry that Rosalind was killed. Um, And Mac asks him about the patch that's on Will's jacket. He's like, do you recognize this? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's the Distant Star Pathfinder program, um, the program that we were, me and Rosalind were recruited into um, from uh, within NASA. And essentially that was Hydra's program. And guess who funded it? 
Gideon Malik. So there's a connection here, obviously. Um, and we go to Hydra, and Malik is very unhappy with Ward because he almost killed Coulson, and and Ward's like, he was, he's fine. Like he, you know, I, I had to get, you know, his hackles up or whatever, like to, you know, make him feel like he was in danger, but he was never in danger. I would have stepped in otherwise. And Malik is like, this is not a game. Like, I don't care about your revenge. Like, um, and he shows him the five stones for that they took from one of the monoliths. And he's like, this was, this was meant to be divided up between all of Hydra's most powerful leaders. And the whole point of Hydra is to bring back this inhuman from the other planet. And you're jeopardizing it with your closure. <laughs> he just has no patience towards other agenda. He's like, I've been, this is like my life's work and you're fucking it up. So you need to quit. <laughs> Uh, we go to the playground and Coulson goes after Hunter. He like grabs him by the throat and he blames him. He's like, you were supposed to take him out and you didn't. And now he's killed more people. It's all your fault. And Bobby's like, dude, calm down. And Coulson's like, you're right. Like, I'm the one who's at fault. I picked him to be on the team in the first place. Um, he's like, we're going to go after him. And Hunter wants in. He's like, if you're going after him, like, I want to come. And... Um, Colson says you better not miss this time and Bobby's like I don't think this is a good idea like like you, the two of you going after Ward is just not a good idea um and Colson's like well we need a pilot so you're coming too and so they're going off book because as director of S.H.I.E.L.D. there's things that he needs to do that he cannot do and so he puts Mac in charge as acting director and he doesn't really give him a choice he's like this is an order this is not like a suggestion like you're in charge now Good luck. <laughs> um, and Mac even is like, well, I think, why wouldn't you choose May? And he's like, May is like emotionally compromised because of the stuff with Andrew. I need someone that's 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 neutral and that can, you know, can can lead. And that's you, which is yay. This is a for this is this is Mac coming into his leadership role, and I'm so excited. I forgot that this happened this early. Once again. He's he's pretty no one, awesome. Yeah. No one's surprised that we forget that this happened this early. <laughs> Yeah, but our timing is off. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so um, Fitz and Simmons and Banks are going to look at the Distant Star Pathfinder facility to see if there's any clues there. Because obviously Malik was involved. So they go there and Gemma is really worried about opening the portal. She's like, we really shouldn't do this. Like, um, even to save Will, like, we don't know what, you know, that thing is going to come through. Like, this is what Hydra has been working towards, like, forever. Like, we don't want to play right into their hands. And then all of a sudden they hear gunshots and Banks has shot the other two agents that are with him. And he turns around. He's like, it's not me. It's not me. And the gun turns around and shoots Banks in the head. So fuck, like Rosalind and Banks are gone, like within the first like 20 minutes of this episode. <laughs> it's so crazy. And then Iron Chef shows up and obviously he's <laughs> the one. I forget his name, so I'm calling him Iron Chef. I'm sorry. No, and I mean, it's probably better than us either of us butchering uh, Tagalog, you know, like, so, yeah. <laughs> but, but and he is the Iron Chef. Yeah. I don't remember his, his, uh, the actor's name and I don't remember the character's name. So he's just Iron Chef to me. Um, so he shows up and obviously he's the one who is controlling the gun and he, um, he captures uh, Simmons and Fitz and he's going to take them to Malik. And of course, Ward is there being an ass and he's like, there you go. This wasn't my idea. Like, you it was his idea pointing at Malik, which ugh, hate him. Um, and Malik wants to know what Simmons knows about getting back from Maveth. He's like, you know, 
this is the only reason why I need you guys. He's like, I never thought of sending a young woman. Which just shows his stupid misogyny and I hate him but he's such a good actor and he's really good in this role <laughs> um, and she is just downright hostile and Malik has this phrase where he's like you didn't tell me she was so feral and Ward is like oh that's something new you know and I just the, well, the way have, that oh it's so gross yeah the so way they conduct themselves and talk about uh, her it's like they're like slave traders or like the dudes in uh what do you call it? Um, what is the, what is uh, what, what is uh, the Handmaid's Tale? Yeah, like, 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 like it's like they're like just they're describing cattle, not a person, <laughs> and mm -hmm. it's really gross. Like the whole thing is like they're talking to her, but but also about her at different po points. It's oh, I don't. You're it's absolutely right. It's strengthened by his good acting, but it's just like it's so creepy. I feel like at some point. They own he only played just super creepy evil people like or, <laughs> or at least guys that could easily be that like without even if they're not on, in like obvious ways like the subtext is there you know I, yeah. I don't know Ugh, it's terrible I, just the way that women are treated in this episode is making me very upset <laughs> like that was just like one more strike but I mean it's, it's very icky yeah. <laughs> it's so a, icky well and I think. I don't know. I think a lot of it clearly is intentional, but yeah. it's not, it doesn't excuse all of it or any of it, but it is the way it is, I guess. It was so gross. I was so disgusted by that conversation. I was just like, um, we go back to the playground and Mac and Daisy are arguing about what to do because they found out that Fitzsimmons have been captured and Daisy's like, well, we have to do something. And Mac is really unsure. It's really cute. Cause he's like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm going to call Colson. And so he calls Colson and Colson answers and he's very angry about this news. And he's so angry that he throws his phone, which is a very un-Colson thing to do. So, and Hunter and Bobby are just like, whoa, <laughs> like what's going on? Are you okay, dude? Um, and apparently Hunter has this really weird plan and they're going to rob a jewelry store. And then they find this dude in the back who happens to be um, Thomas Ward. Ward's younger brother. So I don't know why he was working in a jewelry store, but there he was. Anyway, we go to Hydra and um, oh, another disgusting scene. Ward tries to claim Gemma's new like resolve and feralness as his doing. Like him dropping them in the bottom of the ocean has made her this like really steely person. And it's so gross. Like he's trying to like claim her behavior as his doing. And he's like proud of it. Oh yeah. You've become this like strong woman now. And it's all because of me because I tortured you. And it's re it's really gross. <laughs> like and then he's like, Oh, I would never hurt you. Don't worry. But this guy will. And it's iron chef. He shows going to torture Gemma. Of course. And then Ward goes to Fitz, and of course we know that Fitz is going to break because he can't, he loves Gemma, and Gemma's being tortured, and Ward is going to use that against him, and we hear Gemma screaming, and Fitz like can't handle, he like jumps when he starts hearing it, and um, they're interrupted because Ward's phone rings, and he answers it, and oh my god, the way he answers the phone is even disgusting, he's like, never thought I'd get a call from a dead woman's phone, so obviously he's getting a phone call from, from, Rosalind's phone and it's Colson and Colson pulls his brother up on video chat and is like look who I got oh, 
so gross. Ward is like, okay, he's always been gross, but he's especially disgusting in this episode and the next one. Like he he really ugh. is. Like 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 I I can't say exactly what I want to say in the <laughs> section, okay. but he is. I'll, I'll try and put a pin in it and remember. Okay. But he he absolutely is like super gross. So gross. Um, and Thomas, Ward's brother, understands um, what Coulson has to do to get Ward. And he's like, dude, you better finish him off this time because I've been in hiding like my entire life so that he wouldn't hurt me anymore. And he has this line of just because you grow up in a family of abusive monsters doesn't mean you have to become one, which thank you. <laughs> like someone said it. No. And it's like absolutely. <laughs> it's something that I think of a lot in like real life, you know, because people always talk about cycles of abuse and it's something that with people who I've known who've come from uh, cycles of abuse have then like been like, well, I shouldn't ever have kids or whatever who, but, but who've, who've also expressed desire to want to, because like you also don't need an excuse. People don't need to want to have kids, but, and it's made me sad because, because of that, because like, yeah, it's a fact that, that that stuff does have not a tendency to, cause it's not, I, I that, that implies that it's like most of the time, but that stuff can perpetuate like, yeah. like clearly, People can be victims and imprints on them, and then they, and then they end up becoming a predator or an abuser, and it continues, and it's gross. But as bad as it is, and it is bad, and there's way too many people who f- fall into those traps just because any of them do. Like every single person on the planet would be an abuser if that were yeah. like, you do, like 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 there's just no way like it would perpetuate too endlessly, and yeah. that's not how it really is. And like like I love the way you said it, like. I mentioned to you uh, before we were recording or, or via text, like he kind of reminds me of uh, John Ritter and Jason Ritter. Yeah. Like there's something really likable about this dude. He's very well cast. I, mm-hmm. I don't remember who, who plays him, but they do a really good, he does a really good job like in a few seconds of like, he doesn't really provide anything new about Ward, but there's enough that he says that like, it's an interesting perspective on him and like, it's not without, any love or affection, but it is, but he does see him exactly for who he is, you know, like, and it's very well performed. And that line is very, very powerful. And I think important beyond just the show, but just true. Yeah, absolutely. I think may is the one who said something similar to that. in a previous episode, I think it's the one where they all have to get back together. They're working with ward again. Uh huh. And she's like, yeah, all of us have been traumatized. Like none of us turned into like psychopaths or whatever, but I think coming from, like someone who grew up in Ward's family and is like was subjected to like the exact same abuse as Ward, like that's and then, really <laughs> and then pushed one step further because like it's the way it's implied, you know, Ward never had a loving brother who betrayed him. Yeah, you know, I feel like like he got everything Ward had plus Ward being him him to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, so he had one extra little layer of madness and he still turned out okay. Like he still yeah. turned out like he consciously decided like I'm going to separate myself from this crazy ass family yeah. and be be as good as I can. And and it that's not easy when you're born and surrounded and like your only support network are crazy brothers who are both sociopaths yeah. who one of whom murdered your parents. Like, yeah, like, like, the guy had nothing going for him. The fact that he's not a monster is, is, is impressive, but like you and may and him are saying like, also not a foregone conclusion. It happens all the time in real life. Like, yeah. 
And oh man, I I, I really like this guy. I like I, I, this is my <laughs> Shield spinoff pitch. It's just this this guy living through the Marvel universe, just being like <laughs> trying, trying to keep it together. <laughs> yeah, oh, poor kid. Um, and Coulson, against Hunter's advice, decides to let Ward talk to Thomas. Um, and they have this conversation where Thomas is like, you need to stop justifying like what you did. Like they were my parents too. You should, you can't just kill them. Like, <laughs> like you just made that decision. Like who gave you that authority to make that decision? And, you know, Ward is like trying to justify like, oh, we're better off without them. They were terrible people. And it's like, yeah, but like dad was in a wheelchair. Who was he going to hurt? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, the physical abuse had stopped to some degree because of the, because of that. and. And just like, you don't get to make that decision. Well, like, and like, like he, he he pushed it. Like again, like it's like the one level worse. It's like they were awful to us. It's like yeah. So before the dad, you know, before the dad was paralyzed, he was physically abusive to all the boys, and they were awful and and abusive to the mom. And the mom took it, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's that is the implication. And and she was never there for any of them, probably because she was dealing with her own abuse. Mm-hmm. But the the. Like, like the whole situation, it's like that's all awful, but they none of them murdered anybody. <laughs> like yeah. you set fire to the house. <laughs> like it's like you escalated the situation significantly. <laughs> like it's like 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 they don't have to have been good parents. He didn't have to love them or want to or want to be around them to not want them to burn alive. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, God, just... the fact that Ward can't see that is just like it. Just it really. It's another good, like, there's several hints throughout this and the next episode, like, steps he's taking towards just, like, the ultimate level of craziness. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, he's, he's leveling up his crazy. He is completely delusional, like, in so many ways. Um, and so Coulson ends their conversation. He takes the phone and he ends it um, because they, they were tracing the call the whole time so they could figure out was and of course they used Thomas to get Ward emotional so he wouldn't think about that and then they hang up the phone and Ward now throws the phone which is an interesting parallel between him and Coulson um, and Ward goes off to torture Gemma now and he's like you're gonna fucking tell me everything and he personally starts torturing her which wow that's a big step from I would never hurt you to I'm fucking mad that Coulson has my brother and so I'm gonna fucking cause you pain oh <sighs> So gross. Um, and Coulson and and Bobby trace the call to England back to that castle that we were at before. So they're going to go there. Um, we go back to the playground and May is going to talk to Mac because he wants her opinion on um, Andrew's assessment of Lincoln. And she's like, look, I don't even know if that was based off of that was Lash's opinion or if that was Andrew's or if we can even tell the difference. And it's really sad. She says that because she knows she's she's a realist. She gets it. She knows the the situation. Um, but she looks at the satellite footage from the castle in England and she sees that um, there is a lot of there's a lot of Hydra people there. And Coulson is going there. Told them he doesn't want support. He doesn't want backup. And May is like, you should make the call to send reinforcements. You're the director now. Like you can do that. And um. May just has this really like understated support of Mac and whatever he decision, whatever decision he makes. And it's really, really wonderful because I feel like Mac has been so uncertain since he's been named acting director. Like he's really like kind of floundering a lot. And to have someone like May 
supporting him in whatever he decides is really meaningful. And I just love how they all, they're just such a supportive family and it's so great. <laughs> um, we'll talk more in the spoiler section. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we go to England and um, Fitz has made a deal to go through the portal instead of Gemma. Um, and Malik and, and Gemma is very upset about this. She's like, no. And they have this like, I'll get to that in a second. I think it's a good <laughs> scene. Um, and Malik decides that he wants Ward to go through the portal. And Ward's like, I don't want to fucking go. Like, I have been waiting for my revenge for like a long ass time. Um, and I don't want to risk your life, my life for your pipe dream. And Malik gives him this speech about leadership. And he's like, look, um, Pier- I thought Pierce was the guy. I thought Garrett was the guy. And they weren't the guy. You're the guy. And Ward like yeah Garrett was you know the only reason I ever joined Hydra was because of Garrett and um Malik said something like the best thing that Garrett ever did was to recruit you and he's just like flattering him like you are the person for this job you I want you to be a leader and he's like Ward buys it (laughs) um go to the playground and Mac has cleared Joey and Lincoln for field duty and he gives them this really harsh speech about like look like if you guys don't step up and do this like bad shit is going to happen and no one's going to take care of it so either you don't do it and bad shit happens and the bad bad guys win or you do it (laughs) and they're like okay and Daisy kind of gives him like a fist bump and is like all right cool but it Mac is like stepping up as a leader and it's really all these people are stepping up as leaders Ward Mac all these people (laughs) it's great (laughs) um I was being sarcastic about Ward (laughs) if you didn't catch that um on the Quinjet Bobby is trying to talk Coulson down from being emotional she's like look you're reminding me of Hunter when he went after Ward like you're too emotional you need to keep you need to like settle down a bit and Coulson's like no I disagree I've been trying to keep my emotions in check this entire time and look what happened um and wow interesting self-reflection considering he hasn't really kept his emotions in check this entire time like ever <laughs> thinking he has and now he's just like being crazed so i don't know how, how to feel about that conversation but bobby's like mm, okay <laughs> uh we go to england and fitz or, or Gemma is begging fitz not to go she's like i can't i can't like what if like that thing you guys have it come through like we can't risk that and fitz is like look i already lost you once i can't lose you again um, I'm not strong enough to live in a world that doesn't have you in it. And I legit cried when he said this because Gemma was like telling him like, it's okay. Just let them kill me. Like it's better than having that thing come through. And Fitz is just like, I, he would risk everything for her. He just loves her so much. And it's so great. <laughs> Even though they're cursed. So Ward has decided to go through the portal now too. And they're like, what are you doing? And he's like leading, which great. something else for him to to gloat on um and they open the portal and everybody goes through and colson realizes they can see from the heat signatures in the castle that ward is going through the portal and they're like oh shit we're gonna lose our chance to get him so colson opens up the back of the plane and hydra starts firing at them and colson jumps out of the plane right into the portal right before they close it which 
I totally forgot this happened, but holy fuck. I the, okay, I remembered something that happens in the next episode. So I was expecting something to happen to get Coulson with them, but I did not remember it either. So this, this was very dramatic and it was very like, was. well done. <laughs> like it was good action. It, it, like like I have no we have, there were there are no Starkey remarks about bad electric electric power sound <laughs> or uh, special effects like, like yeah. this, this is good this is a good yeah. job yeah but I was like what if like he hadn't aimed right he would just gone splat like, no totally true. <laughs> I, think, I think I didn't think that this time like earnestly but I I think I had that thought I remembered thinking something like that on the initial viewing which would which is one of my first ones like watching it live like on mm-hmm. TV but like thinking like man. How could he possibly have aimed that way? Not seem at all right that he was able to do that. He's just that good. Like, oh yeah, like, I, for- <laughs> I forgot that between being a history, uh, you know, grad student <laughs> and going straight into this, but he was uh, what? What do you call it? One of those uh, paratroopers and yeah. guys who just those guys. Uh, who does skydiving tours? Like, like who oh, yeah. like takes people out? <laughs> He's a skydiving expert. He went, he went to jump school while he was in grad school for history. Didn't you know that? <laughs> That's how he put himself through grad school. Is he 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 is a professional uh, jump school like like uh like what do you call it? Like guide and and yeah. and uh, trainer. Like he he taught people how to how to parachute for fun. Oh my god! So it's it's really funny that we're talking about this because I have a photo of my dad in jump in it's his jump school graduation photo when he was in the army um back in the 60s and he came over yesterday and he was um he was really good at jump school like he was like the best one of the best students because he was just fearless and he just like really enjoyed it and he loved jumping out of planes and i was like oh my god you're crazy but he told me that the reason he did it was because they paid so they only paid i think he said 19 dollars a month and your pay went up to $55 a month instead, which was like a obviously a significant well, yeah. bump. And so everybody in his um, basic training volunteered to go to jump school because of the pay. And they actually like did jump into like situations in Vietnam and they, you know, they totally like did the thing. And I was like, oh my God, all are nuts. He's like, I was in really good shape. I did really well at jump school. <laughs> It's just really cute. <laughs> that is that is very cute and awesome at the same time. Which I know. Is, I don't know. Maybe maybe rare. It's it's badass. Like to be yeah. both to be both cute and awesome. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I was like, oh my god, you're. I nuts. feel like it's the fact that, that our dads like have turned into cute people as they get older. Because yeah. <laughs> like, they weren't necessarily. I mean, I'm sure they were on some level, but you know, they were probably yeah. less cute. <laughs> they were yeah. middle-aged men or whatever. I know. And it's funny, my dad my dad in this photo has a really smug look on his face. And my dad's like, look at that face. Look at that cocky face. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's you. <laughs> that's really funny. It was so funny. I, 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 I love this. This is a great story. I know. It's so good. It's like he's saying that, yet he's like bragging about how good he was in jump school. Like, yeah, that hasn't gone away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, look at how cocky I used to be. I was the greatest. <laughs> Just so you know. Like, <laughs> It's a mix of complete self-awareness and somehow (laughs) like still being in the moment in the past. Like that's, that's cool. I feel like that's, uh, yeah, it was was great. There's something very like spiritually, uh, attuned about that. Like it feels like, like, I don't know, being very aware of yourself to be able to both (laughs) comment like that and just like still like go back in time a little bit. Uh, It was great. I was like, Oh, it's funny that we're talking about this, but anyway, 
The very I'm like thinking of Colson as your dad. I know. <laughs> um, so the very end scene is everyone is like hanging out on Mavis in the sandstorm and Colson drops in from the portal <laughs> out of nowhere. Like, yeah, like nowhere, like not really with the others. No, like, like a little bit of ways away. And it's like <laughs> And he rolls down a hill and hits his head on a rock and goes unconscious. So great. This is where we stop. <laughs> That's the episode. Oh, you fool. Kind of amazing. I think it's interesting that he like fell out of the sky when the portal is in the ground. Like where did he fall from? Or did he just like pop up out of the portal and it was going so fast in his jump that he well, like shot up in the air and then fell? Like, Well, the other portals, <laughs> like the portal that they tried to get through when Jimmo went through was like sideways, like a plane, like to walk through. So I feel like maybe it's random. Like even though the portal they went into was in the ground, like maybe it came out the sky or sideways and out the sky. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, have you ever seen um, <laughs> uh, the, the movie Hot Rod? It's been a long time. <laughs> I don't think I've ever mentioned it on this show. I may have in the past 52 episodes or whatever, 55 episodes. It's possible but it's one of the funniest things i've ever seen like 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 the first time i've watched it and probably two or three times since and i i, I i've mostly just shown it to people it's not one i've rewatched a bunch but uh but but i have shown the the movie to several people because of one moment where andy sandberg's really crappy stuntman guy he is uh falling down a hill repeatedly and he like is falling like from left to right the entire time or or the, a, a, a single orientation they show you him falling down the mountain and it's like this long extended fall like really like violent physical comedy He's just rolling down this hill hitting trees and rocks and and thudding and then it cuts to a scene where you see like the sky and you see a little bit of a mountain i think in the distance like a like a slope but he just comes flying from off screen from like nowhere <laughs> And I laughed so hard because it was it just threw me so much, even though it was what was supposed to be happening. Like I just laughed so, so, so hard. And I, I feel like that's I would like to imagine that's how Colson fell out. <laughs> yeah. Just like at a complete like like, you know, like 90 degree angle. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, just like man style, just like <laughs> flying directly towards the ground. But yeah. like, like, not straight down, but just like whoo. Uh... Like because he oh man, that is a but that was a tremendous fall. Like again, the special effects were really great. Yeah, I agree. They look good. They figured out how to do Mavath cheap by putting on like a blue filter and going out yeah. in the desert around LA. <laughs> and they've yeah. really they've really fixed it. Like, like, like they've they've this season has been, I think, maybe the best since I don't know. Two wasn't bad special effects wise. I feel like because of all the inhuman stuff, maybe they had to push themselves more and weren't as ready as the first season or this season. But I, I feel like they've done a really good job of special effects, even though we've been harsh as we can be from time to time. Yeah. For the most part, they're really, they've been really good. Yeah. I remember season one had some really cool, like plane sequences and like fight, like, yeah, some of the death stock stuff or and some of the death lock stuff was cool too. Yeah. Like. But, um, for sure. And I mean, even in the next episode, there's really cool, um, special effects too or digital effects and yeah they're doing a good job um should we go into we already talked about fridging should yeah we go into should, I mean, spoilers? might as well just go directly into spoilers for discussion stuff because okay. uh, you wanted you, to talk about something and i, I already remember. forgot what it was yeah, <laughs> it, like, like i had something to do with like i don't know, i'm trying to remember something with the family stuff and ward 
And but but I do know one of the things that I wanted to talk about was Ward's like ongoing delusions and becoming like a true believer in Hydra, I think, for the first time ever. Like, yeah, like he, he but like the, these two episodes see his delusion levels like kick up several notches to him, like literally thinking that he's like predestined to have like some sort of like religious role. Yeah, which like- is pretty messed up. I thought it was interesting that um, Malik was so easily able to persuade him to like go through the portal because it feels like I feel like the ward that we've been building up to up until now would be like, no, like I have my mission like I'm you know, you're just a means to an end. Like that's what it seems like he he's been doing this entire season is just like, you know, building up Hydra to take down shield. And now that Malik comes in and is just like flattering him, like, okay, I'll go through the portal, be a leader. But like, maybe that's what he needed. He he's obviously needed that father figure in his life. And Garrett was that for so long that maybe now Malik is in that role and is like trying to push him towards something greater. I don't know. No, it, it is interesting. And like, I'll probably get, we'll probably get into it more in the next episode, but I feel like, you know, just the fact he's, he says, I, I mean, I, I, I guess the only thing that worth mentioning about it ahead of time is just that he says in relation to this ending, that Colson showing up, that that's what really made, made him think that like, yeah. this is predestined. The fact that Colson's there too, like really made him feel, Oh no, I am supposed to be here. Yeah, I feel so like he, that he can he can lead and start a new chapter, and he can also complete his revenge. <laughs> yes, the fact that following uh, uh, Malik's path is what got him. Cole it through, ended up having Coulson at his feet on this planet. It like it it seemingly convinced him that he was yeah. uh, on the right path, like more than ever before. So I yeah. feel like maybe we're meant to believe that he's still being the ward we know until. He sees Coulson until that moment. He's probably just trying to like use this as an opportunity to gain power and foothold yeah, in Hydra. That's true. He's like if this guy's the last, the last head muckety muck at Hydra, I come back with his alien, kill him, become friends with the alien. Hey, I saved you, <laughs> this guy, and then I'm in charge of Hydra. That's that, that's. Uh, I, I feel like that's not that big of a stretch, right? Like that's a that's legit true. reading for extrapolation of, of his past uh, behaviors. But then yeah. Coulson shows up and he's like, "Oh wait, am I Hydra Jesus?" <laughs> it was like like is this is this legit oh my god and it's funny because play into his delusion of thinking he's like super important but so yeah. sorry go on i was gonna say the only reason that colson jumped through the portal is because they saw saw ward go through the portal himself with the heat signatures and so like if oh that's that's seen- the thing that's <laughs> the thing that i really that, that, that i knew i wanted to mention but even the whole, the whole time we've been recording i didn't know what it was there's something was like, <laughs> there's something at the end of the episode that i really wanted to mention i can't remember what it was it's that it's when he mentions that he recognizes his <laughs> signal and Hunter is like, there's no way you could possibly recognize his heat signature. Like, it's him. <laughs> I love that. Like, the implication is that he's right, but Hunter is 100% right. Yeah. Like, that's absurd. <laughs> it's like, how do you know? <laughs> My headcanon, that is not Ward. That is another hydrogen. Ward is on the other end of the group. <laughs> and I love it. I like that. That's that's my it's my my vision of it. And I, mean, I have to think that. Like it's 
<laughs> it's it ridiculous. The only yeah, <laughs> I agree with Hunter so wholeheartedly. Well, <laughs> I feel like, like Hunter has like the voice of reason in a lot of sense, like on the show, but especially in the, in this episode. And it's funny too because like he is just as impassioned as Coulson, and he was like ready to jump out of the plane too, but Coulson just beat him to it. <laughs> like, yeah, well, and and like even though you said like Coulson's an accomplished agent, he is old. I feel like there's a few reasons why Hunter would be a better choice. But, you know, it's Coulson's arc, it's Coulson's character and show more like I, I, for story reasons, I get why they went the way they did. But that exchange where he's like, <laughs> he was just so incredulous. He's just like, that's not the thing. Like, you don't recognize his heat signature. And Coulson's just so good that that's him. <laughs> it's so like it's almost cartoonish, but yeah, I like it's very, very, very like Battlestar Galactica or Fast and the Furious or like or a Terminator. Like it's action mm-hmm. movie moment where if you think about it at all in reality, like no, the guy who made the snarky comment or, the, or sarcastic comment as a friend, like that guy's right a hundred percent right but this is a world where whatever and fast the furious uh you know they hire uh street thieves who smuggle a tv vcr dvd player combos and to be like the world's greatest super spies and shield is a show where people can pick up other people with electricity lassos somehow <laughs> but that's like a th- that have the, the electricity has physical substance that does not hurt you. <laughs> you can interact. You can also yeah. vibrate someone down to the ground that was thrown yeah. over a balcony without hurting them. <laughs> yeah, but somebody has, uh, someone can not only create super vibrations, but they can just make them stop. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the lack of physics in action stuff, whether it is sci-fi or not, like or just a you know diehard, like it doesn't really matter. It, none of the none of it lives in the real physical world, and I. I'm not, I don't think they need to. I, I, no. they, <laughs> it wasn't in, it, he acted like, like that's what people were complaining about, but it, I, it makes me think of a, of a Mel Gibson thing before we knew how awful he was before all of his stuff. When he did the Patriot in like 2001, oh, yeah. 2000, 2000, I think. Uh, but he was criticized because it was so historically inaccurate. Like it was like basically <laughs> just completely imagined nonsense. Aaron like Ebert nailed into him. A bunch of people did. I, and he, I saw this like thing at the end of an episode of Entertainment uh, Tonight, and they were talking to him about the movie. And like it was, it, they they had a larger interview earlier in the movie, but it was just like as it was in as the episode was ending, they had a, a clip of him complaining about the criticism and being like, "If I made a, a historically accurate movie about the Revolutionary War, it'd be the most boring two hours yeah. of your life." <laughs> True. <laughs> <It'd be awful. laughs> And I'm like, no, he's right. Like any action movie, like it's like, you know, SEAL Team Six is just gonna be them waiting in the dark for a long time and then jumping out with a bunch of guns pointed at you know at Bin Laden or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, like it's not actually interesting, I don't think. Like those people come back with trauma and all like, like most of them don't come back and write action movies based on their experiences that are realistic. <laughs> yeah. You know? But like they they do see high intensity things. But it's just none of it is like this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like even spies, spies. Yeah. God, it's mostly just listening in on the radio or or like going over going through people's like emails. <laughs> like it's it's not. Uh, yeah. I'm glad that that uh, we have ridiculous vibra- vibration powers and 
May jumping out, doing a backflip <laughs> with a gun in each hand. It's like, yeah. I guarantee no one in the CIA has ever jumped off scaffolding doing a backflip with two guns, like shooting a bunch of dudes. It just has never happened. Or but, anyone has skydived out of a plane into a small pool in the center of a castle <laughs> tower and gone to another planet. <laughs> it makes me think of like the weird shit where they used to have like... People do like the the high dives on a horse. Like, like people be like riding a horse, <laughs> going to a high dive, like in like like circus shit, like, yeah. like turn of the century. Like, it's just like oh weird God. spectacles. It's like ninety eight percent chance that horse is gonna die. It's like what the fuck are we doing this? Like, like, why are we, like, like, like no, Colson should have died. Yeah, <laughs> like, this should be the next episode. Should just open on Colson's funeral, and they're like, just like, the fact why that did he, he do that? The fact that he jumped out of a plane through this and then like landed on the ground, broken every bone in his body, like not just rolling around and then hitting his Yeah, no, good call. He only (laughs) had a way longer (laughs) (laughs) pool. And that's the other thing. We saw this world. He could have landed in like water or whatever, you know? It feels like there's other options. It's that was really interesting. (laughs) How did they all land? Did it show? Did they like walk out? I don't know. I don't I don't think it showed them. It didn't show, right? Yeah. No. Did they all fall too? I don't know. They fall at a different angle, like (laughs) less hilariously, since they walked through and he fell through. Is is that it too? Like, like, did they just like fall like thirty feet, but he just flew out at that velocity (laughs) (laughs) at his angle? Oh my god! It's a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about. (laughs) But you know what? None of this took away from that moment of just being like a what the fuck moment. It looks really cool. No, it's only (laughs) it's only silly in retrospect. Just like all those movies, like you like for the most part, I feel like like. The show does a good job of the willing suspension of disbelief. It's only yeah. when they do a really poor job creating a world that you can live in that a movie or TV show, I think, that it's really their fault and not the viewer's fault for, for you know, you know, for not being able to participate in the silliness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Occasionally, <laughs> like, like we we've all seen low budget horror movies. Or whatever. <laughs> do not do a good job, but sometimes those are more fun. Because you see the boom mic fall, you know, or whatever. <laughs> like, what's even happening? But no, this was this was a great, uh, great kickoff to the midseason finale. Other than the very opening, I really enjoyed it, and the very opening yeah. was traumatic and upsetting. Yes. And like you said, there's other parts that aren't good, but I feel like this was—they're only made much worse by that. Uh, yeah, by the fridging of Rosalind, who is really well, uh, really well acted, and. Uh, yeah, she uh, really well written until that point. Yeah, and then this is obviously the spoiler structure, but the next episode, like, there's some dream sequences that Coulson has with Rosalind, and it kind of just places her in like she's like the romantic partner role only, and that just it just bothers me because she was so much more like starting out. You know what I mean? No, I think you're right, and I don't think that they mean to like make it that only but it just sucks you know mm-hmm. because up until that point she was his equal yeah. and now she's just emotional fodder for the man and it's yeah. never what the show's trying to do but it is what it did in this yep. instance yep and it sucks we we give them credit for good intention but we're still going to hold them to standards yep Ugh. um i think we should end here because everything else that we could talk about is going to happen next episode anyway. <laughs> True. Yeah, no, I think mean, that's a really good call. 
Um, so where can people find you on the internet? People can find me at I Snow Nothing, mostly right now talking about uh, X-Men comic books. Uh, mm-hmm. DuckTales is coming back tomorrow, so probably <laughs> be a lot of DuckTales content in the near future. Oh, will you explain what happened with comicbook.com? Because we were going to talk about that last week. And I oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I um, had made a prediction based on the text. Like Other people had, had made like, some wild assumptions based on uh, a story that's written in like several timelines and has all these like interesting kind of like weird convoluted comp. Like it's one of the most comic booky things that's ever comic booked. <laughs> like it, yeah. It's a character has multiple uh, lives and they're reincarnated and there's all, all these different timelines and, and eras being told where the story is being told. And it's kind of rebooting the, the X-Men universe without really rebooting it. And uh, I'd made some, some accurate uh, inferences and like figured out some stuff because part of it, is told in a really, I don't know. It, it's an interesting uh, way. Uh, these are comics by a guy named Jonathan Hickman. He he wrote them, and in a lot of the comics he writes and draws his indie books, and less so, but still to some extent, his Marvel work. Uh, he incorporates like text pages and data pages, and in them there's like uh, just clinical information that exists in the story, almost like Wik- Wikipedia pages, but like written by characters in the universe for some different purpose and they inform the story and the idea is for them to be things that you like, you can revisit and that will kind of disrupt the flow of reading and they might make uh, a four or $5, you know, comic book worth more than just 22 pages of story that you read in like five minutes and it's over. And in it, there are hints of that help like this weird convoluted comic book mystery unfold. I had uh, picked up on a few things and kind of, like written a really, really long thread explaining why based on these hints and things in the story, I thought one reveal might go down and then I ended up being correct. And Mm -hmm. right before it, uh, it kind of ended up being proven correct. It got a lot of steam. And one of the writers at comicbook.com just quote, uh, like screen capped a bunch of the tweets and then, like kind of rewrote several of them and made a, a post, a news story that was like one fan's theory has X-Men people talking or whatever. And it was just my, it was only my thread and it was about my theory. And they never told me, <laughs> like they didn't tell me ahead of time. They didn't tell me yeah. after the fact. And so I, without tagging them directly, I did respond. I, I quote tweeted theirs, uh, initial posting from the account and nobody noticed until someone else tagged the writer. Mm-hmm. But like they, the, the thing that really upset me was that the response was very ridiculous. Cause all I had said, is I would have really liked to have been asked and I would have appreciated being told, you know, like, I understand. Like I said repeatedly that while I would like to be asked, I understand that that's not how things are done with Twitter and Buzzfeed or whatever. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, I know they're not the only people comicbook.com is a famously, I think clickbaity comic book site, but they're not, they didn't invent clickbait and they're not the only clickbaity comic book site. Like uh, I'm not holding them. I think to an impossible standard to just point out that that's rude and that they should at the very least have told me after the fact, like said, Hey, we did this like heads up. And they never did. And me saying that like pissed the guy off so much. It was one of the only times I've ever seen like literally universal. Every interaction I saw was in support of what I had said because 
his reaction, I think, was so intensely like entitled and like basically was like, yelled at me and said I should have been super grateful and like that he was trying to elevate my profile. And it's yeah. like, like I worked in comics for a really long time. I've made comic books with like some of the biggest names in comics. Like, yeah. like literally the guy, like, like I, my name is on, is on the inside front cover of comic books that are written by Brian Michael Bendis. And yeah. I, I've hung out, you know, repeatedly with the then editor in chief of Marvel Comics at San Diego Comic Con, you know, uh, uh, Axel Alonso, because he was friends with my brother and employer and uh, the publisher of another comic book company. It's like I don't need anyone to elevate my profile in comics. I worked in. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing that ComicBook.com can do for me, and that I want them to do for me. And that was my greater point: is that you literally can't it is impossible to do a favor that was not asked for from for someone you don't know <laughs> like it's like if it's a friend and you think you're helping that you but, but you can't presume to know how someone will react not everyone wants a high profile not everyone wants a boost not you know what i mean like i don't mm -hmm. know yeah no what i mean let's be real the comic book twitter is kind of awful sometimes but <laughs> like what if someone disagreed with your theory and was like trolling you like for days and it was like you know what i mean like what if you what if you didn't want that well no and like i ended up i ended up quitting forums because yeah. other people i didn't even bring it up other people like brought it up and were like hey like he's this guy's been in our forum and and i uh, and, and people you know took his idea and like people came to my defense and other people were like kind of uh, like not really ar arguing about that at all but just like basically like it's not that impressive like i came up with the same idea i just didn't post about it until four days later or whatever and it's like and i don't i didn't come up with the idea first other people did literally make the prediction just kind of guessing and mm -hmm. have said like I, maybe this happened I, I just had found some piece of evidence in the story to support it and that's all i did i noticed something probably not even the first person to notice it just the first person to put it on social media you know yeah. and like that doesn't make mean a damn thing i don't think it like i'm it sucks that i was never trying to brag about anything and the guy basically was like hey i just made it easier for you to brag about it <laughs> it's like yeah. that's not what i was going for i just wanted to talk about x-men with people because i'm excited to go back in the comic store every week for a com for an x-men comic for the first time since i was like eight yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of cool to have that feeling and to have a lot of people interested in talking about it but it's also interesting like it, it reminds me of stuff with with star wars for sure like, I, I can remember leading up to the force awakens now i feel like i'm vividly remembering interactions because like i ended up muting someone yesterday because like they end up uh, they, they ask for clarification well how could this happen and it ends up being a defense. It's like, I'm not asking you to believe yeah. the way I'm reading this comic book is correct and the way you're reading it is wrong. You're asking me to do that. I, you just you asked a disingenuous question about why I think something. I explained it, and now you're asking me to continually defend it. I don't have any horse in this race. If I'm reading it wrong and something reveals that my expectation was incorrect, I'm not going to be upset about it. I'm yeah. happy. Hey, I was genuinely surprised by this comic book. It's fun, but like, I don't understand. People get really emotionally invested in their theories and whatnot. I feel like, mm -hmm. and start to like, like it's like with anything with fandom, like they start to make it a part of their identity. And it's like, yeah. I don't think that's good. No. Uh, love it. Embrace it. 
Like yeah. I'm super, God, the world is falling apart. And if it weren't, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm having a hard time connecting to Star Wars right now, even though I'm more things coming up than I have been in a while. Like Ming-Na. Yeah. Big, big, big uh, <laughs> interest big giver win. for me. Yeah. yeah, I'm super excited. But like at the same time, like I'm escaping into stuff like, uh, you know, DuckTales and X-Men very readily. So I'm not telling anyone we shouldn't like love the stuff we love, but yeah, it's just. Well, I think just like the whole point is like, just ask permission or just give a heads up. If you're going to use people's content, even if it's on Twitter, I mean, there's a lot of opinions out there about how Twitter is like a public forum and everything's up for grabs, but it's just common courtesy. And for sure. I've been in situations where my tweets have been used and it's made me very mad because it's just like, you literally just could have DM'd me and be like, Hey, is it okay if I use this? Well, I've yeah, and for people have used my photo <laughs> without my permission. I remember. It's <laughs> our friend. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and no, that's, that's much worse for sure. Like, like, like that was an awful experience, but I, I guess it is similar. And like, that's the thing too. Like, I don't know. Just, yeah, just ask permission, man. Like what, like again, no one is demanding it. I don't think because we know how it works, but just that doesn't mean people can't point out, Hey, you were rude. And you, (laughs) and then, and then yelling, you're ungrateful because you were rude. And someone pointed out, that's not going to fix that. Hey, I get it. There's shit. I want to apologize for that. I'm unable to, because of extenuating circumstances. I cannot get into, but I also know that like, that's not what that was, (laughs) you know, like, like we got to be able to, I was just digging in. It's like, I'll definitely admit I'm wrong about shit a lot. Like it's okay to be wrong. (laughs) And and, and my last thought, I just on theories in general with comics and, and star Wars and TV shows and, and Marvel movies. It's like, I, 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 I feel like we, just take them seriously in a way that none of it should be. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, like, no matter what we can't, we shouldn't be invested in any of those theories. Cause like, like that's, you have no, no control over yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. We have no impact. This yeah. isn't like, like we feels like we have no impact on so much, like, like in politics and shit where we where and our actual impacts mitigated by awful stuff. But like we literally, we, especially on like a comic book, you know, the way I like the way those are published, like they're working probably, you know, a month ahead. Uh, most of these comics th- that you're theorizing, the vast majority of these issues have already been written. Most yeah. of them are in some some form of process of being drawn. Uh, it, you can't change them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you could convince them. You're doing something wrong or whatever. Like, like you, your hope. And just like, again, there, what's the bad thing about it not turning out the way you expected? Like, isn't that sometimes the best thing? Yeah. It's not a movie I've watched anytime recently, and I kind of hate everyone. It's, it's, I, I, I presume to hate someone who, as an adult man, still talks about and loves Fight Club the way they did when they were younger. <laughs> but in, like, just thinking about me at 17 seeing that in the theater, it did not happen the way I wanted it to happen. It did not end the way I wanted it. But, I, I do feel like in that moment, in that experience, it was better because of that. It was more yeah. entertaining and more fun because it was upsetting because it wasn't what I wanted. To, the twist wasn't what I wanted to have happen, happen because the characters didn't have the ending I wanted and it didn't, it didn't progress in any way I wanted. Like, like, like it made the experience more enjoyable. Yeah. I don't think it's probably the P 
piece of art I thought it was at 17, but it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I get that. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, just let people like what they like and ask permission. And yes, please. Don't be please ask permission, <laughs> especially like with what you said, like with when they're just talking about you as a person. Definitely. Yeah. You have to ask That's permission. That's like a whole other level. Yeah. But <laughs> well, I mean, and, and they don't, people don't do it. Like you said, they just do it anyway, but it's like they, they should know fucking better in that, in that case. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Th- thank you um, for bringing that part up. Where can people find uh, you? Uh, I don't think we didn't mention that, did we? No, um, you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. And you can listen to my Star Wars podcast, uh, Lousy Beautiful Town, on all of the things. Uh, you can also find that at Twitter at LBT Pod. You can find our podcast at Project Tahiti on Twitter. You can send us an email, projecttahitipod at gmail.com. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. And if you're a browser listener, you can on Podbean or uh, butwhythopodcast.com. Thank you all so much for listening to Project Tahiti, Magical Place. Bye. Bye. Turn off my ringer. (laughs) I didn't know you could record up to six hours with Craig. That's kind of cool. I just got a little thing (laughs) that told me that. Thanks. I I rebooted everything and in one of my uh, windows that had all of our, all of our like tabs, uh, I had had the link to the Craig uh, like delivery system Uh from last week open. I I left it open and it expires after a week and it's just, you know we're recording a day later so they're totally gone and i'd never seen that address like i usually just close the window and i forgot it and it was like craig.horse and i was like what the hell (laughs) and it was like like page you know expired and it's like what the hell was i on like what (laughs) what website with an expired craig horse (laughs) i don't know what this means like some like malware website yeah, no, or I was something. A bit for a second, and I was like, "Oh, this yeah. actually makes perfect sense." Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, the first time I saw that, I was like, "Oh, I guess this is legit." Whatever. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm ready. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay, I'm good.